DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with Tan Books, presents Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Dr. Thickpen is an internationally known speaker, best-selling author, and award-winning journalist who has published 43 books in a wide variety of genres and subjects, including The Rapture Trap, A Catholic Response to End Times Fever, and The Manual for Spiritual Warfare, the book on which this series is based. In 2008, Dr. Thickpen was appointed by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to their National Advisory Council. He has served the Church as a theologian, historian, apologist, evangelist, and catechist in a number of settings, speaking frequently in Catholic and secular media broadcasts and at conferences, seminars, parish missions, and scholarly gatherings. Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Paul, thank you again for joining me. Thank you, Chris. It's great to be here. Now, this particular conversation that we're going to have, which takes its roots from the Manual of Spiritual Warfare, is a fascinating one, and I think it just should fill our hearts with joy, actually, because it's one that's entitled Know Your Weapons, and there's so much out there, isn't there? It's great. I mean, think of the Lord said to us, yes, you have a battle. Yes, your enemy is a mortal enemy. He wants to destroy you in this life and the next, and by the way, you don't have any weapons. You're on your own. (laughs) How terrible that would be. And Uh yet, instead, the Lord sends us out to battle. And as St. Paul says, he's so wonderful talking about all this stuff. He says, for though we live in the world, we're not carrying on a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Wow, what a promise that there are weapons that God has put in our hands. We have to identify them and use them, and they are powerful to destroy the enemy's stronghold. Yeah, and strongholds, I think, is a word that we could take just a moment just to kind of break open a little bit more. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it more down the road as well. But those strongholds are more obvious than we may realize. I mean, they, where the devil may come in and that, that the enemy will assail us can be anything from what we view on television to what we respond to what, uh, as far as our own behaviors or just, uh, I mean, the, the, the list can go on and on, can't they, Paul? It can. It can be a, a particular relationships. It can be vices, which, of course, are, are you know, bad habits within us. It can have to do with something inside of us that goes back to a wound, you know, a spiritual mm-hmm. and emotional wound from when we were a child, a stronghold that in which the enemy early on was able to gain power in our lives. And it's something that we've got to overcome because it's it's doing so much to hurt and, and damage us. It can be a, a well, it can be so many things, but just some place where the enemy has a strong foothold, and we've we've got to find a way to undermine that, to break through his resistance there, and to reclaim that area for God. Well, I love uh, that you have in the manual of spiritual warfare is that the very very first thing. The most important one that we have, it's the foundation stone, as it were, to our response to any of this is prayer. That and some may look at that and go, okay, that's fine, but what else can I do? What can I sprinkle? What can I what can I throw at? What kind of uh, what can I do? But it prayer is at its heart for you and for me as individuals, that's the, the beginning point. And you see it in the scripture when you know, Saint Paul gives prayer right away when he's listening to the weapons of our warfare, 
in scripture when our Lord uh, is showing us in the beginning how to how to uh, come against evil, he gives us a prayer, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, in which he says, deliver us from evil or from the evil one. The gospel account when the Canaanite woman's daughter was demon-possessed, what did she do to overcome the enemy's assault? She turned to our Lord and prayed, begged for his help, and persisted in her entreaty until he delivered the child from the demon. And since, as we've talked about, the ordinary action of the enemy is every day is to, through temptation. Think about when the apostles were overcome with weariness on the night that Jesus was betrayed, and they fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane when they should have been consoling their master. What did Jesus say to them? Rise and pray so that you may not enter into temptation. And it goes on and on. That the St. Bernard of Clairvaux says, however great may be the temptation, if we know how to use the weapon of prayer well, we shall come off as conquerors at last, for prayer is more powerful than all the demons. And it's a, a prayer, essentially, of the child going to the father who will do the protection. It's not even so much for, especially for the Catholic lay faithful, for the Christian lay faithful, it's not something that we are directing towards the enemy as much as it's in that humility that St. Bernard is so always speaking of and exhorting us to, the humility of Our Lady to, to do whatever he tells us to do and, and to go to him. And, and that's what's so wonderful about it. It's not like we, you know, we see this terrible, frightening, towering enemy there. We don't have to go to, you know, go address him in his face. We turn to the Lord instead, who's standing right next to us and says, Lord, we say, Lord, <laughs> and let the Lord do it. Or, or we even take the words of the, Lord, of the Lord into our own mouth and say those words, because when we say it, the Lord is saying it with us and through us, so that it's not nearly as frightening and intimidating when we realize that the Lord is at our side and he will fight our battles for us. You get that? It's a very physical way, but but kind of foretelling spiritual battles of later times. In the Old Testament, when again and again, when the armies tried to do it on their own, the armies of Israel tried to do it on their own, they would lose. But whenever they relied on the Lord, they turned to the Lord, then the Lord would do the battle for them. Mm. It is uh, that exhortation that you have from St. John Vianney, who warns us, if we're not praying, we're losing the battle. If you're not engaged in prayer, that, that drawing from that wellspring of relationship with the Father, we're in trouble. And it makes sense because prayer is conversation with God. I mean, you could define it lots of ways, but that's one way mm -hmm. it has been defined. And if God is the source of our strength, if he's the source of our victory, he's the source of our faith, of our power, of our love, of our wisdom, every good gift that we need to win this battle, then of course what the enemy is going to do is to try to cut that line of communication. I mean, so you think of, of some of the battles uh, like in World War II and how um, the, you would have soldiers who are physically at a distance from their commanders, but they have their radios on and you know, radio communication and they're getting communication uh, with the commanders and uh, to know what to do and uh, to give them intelligence for uh, what, you know, where to move and how to move. And, uh, and so, of course, one of the objectives of the enemy would be to cut those lines of communication. And if, if the devil can do that, not, and not even necessarily by you know, provoking us, but sometimes just by distracting us from prayer, if he can cut that line of communication or confuse it, garble it, um, he's already won half the battle. In the Manual of Spiritual Warfare, in the chapters following the segments we're, we've been talking about, 
there are so many prayers, devotions, and even hymns for us to take into our hearts and to ponder that even if praying is a challenge for some, Paul, if they were to take just even one of the many, 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 many prayers and just sit and take that and remunerate uh, over that and just ponder it like Our Lady, that can be a great doorway into that deeper relationship, couldn't it? It is. And if we feel like we, we don't know what words to say, then the church has given us so many words and the scripture gives us so many words to to pray. And we make those our own. And as we, we think about them, consider what, what does it mean you know, to say that Our Lady is the queen of angels? What does it mean to say she's the bane? Of devils, the thing that the devils fear the most. What does it mean that to say that that the proud spirits of wickedness were humiliated by her perfect humility and their rebellion was scattered by her perfect obedience? And you go through the words of a, of a prayer, and, and and it begins. To, it plants seeds in your soul, and it gives strength and energy to your soul. It can energize you. It can increase your faith. It increases your understanding. Increases your wisdom about what's going on. It's. Uh, Thank the Lord for prayers <laughs> that we don't have to come up with every prayer on our own because praying praying a, a really beautifully, powerfully, wisely written prayer becomes an exercise in strength. You know, it's a strengthening exercise and exercise in, in understanding. It can, besides the fact that the prayer itself has power, it actually helps to form our souls if we pray all right. Having those words to kind of help us set our minds and our hearts and direct them towards, to you know, towards God, that helps set the table. But also in those those times of quiet and contemplating Him or or praising Him and rejoicing with Him in song, there are so many out there again resources that you chronicle in the book, but also that Tan and St. Benedict's and a number of other great uh, Catholic presses, publishing houses, have provided for us to be able to learn how to find the way that really helps us, as we are so uniquely made as his children, to communicate with him in our own special way. You know, it's as if, I mean, we all have the same weapons, but it's as if each weapon has to be maybe customized in certain ways. My son's a soldier, and uh, sometimes you, with a particular gut or that kind of thing, it has to be fitted to you in a certain way. It fits your shoulder right, and the weight's just right, and you may adjust certain things. And I think it's like that with the weapon of prayer and, and all the weapons, actually, that um, we are all given this wonderful, wonderful weapon, the most important one of all. And we have to find the way to to customize it in such a, such a way that we are best able to use it and, and that it fits the way God has made us. And um, And that's one of the beauties of having several prayer books and, um, and, and working through them and, and praying the words that, that we have many options there and we begin to find out what it is that resonates most with our own souls. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Paul, but I've heard it <laughs> taught by exorcists who have been uh, in this battle for decades teaching younger priests who are now learning the same type of and for lack of a better way of saying it, a craft or a, a way of uh, helping to God's people heal, that I've heard them say that because the enemy and the fallen angels, the demons, they were created by God in that angelic realm to have relationship with God originally. 
So even after the fall, there are still creatures who are craving relationship, which is twisted, absolutely, because of their fall. Their number one goal is to stop you from your relationship with God. They want to interfere in that and have you foster it with them as opposed to him. So the first place they're going to go to is your prayer life because the prayer life is what feeds the relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yes, no, no conversation, no friendship. You know, how, how can you have a friendship with someone without at least some basic conversation? It's essential to our relationship with God. And, and the old saying, misery loves company, I think applies perfectly here. They are miserable. They have, have lost the, the possibility of ever fulfilling what they were created for, to have perfect fellowship with God. And so they love co- the company of the damned, and mm-hmm. they want to increase that company. They want to bring more of us into that same fellowship of misery, if you want to call it that, kind of an anti-fellowship of misery. It also is the way that they feel like they can get back at God. They can't, you know, they can't throw a stone at God, but they can do their best to try to pull one more creature away from it. So if you're concerned about the spiritual warfare, you, the first gut check you have to do is what is your own prayer life like? And it's almost like the airplane rule, isn't it? Make sure you have the mask over yourself first mm-hmm. before you can help anybody else. That's really true. <laughs> yes, it is, because that's where your oxygen is. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul. You know? um, and, you know, and, and once you have that in place, then I encourage people to, uh, <clears throat> well, it's, you know, it's, it's all the old advice that folks would, would give about prayer, um, that you don't just uh, have supplication or request but that you also have the other kinds of, of prayer, that there's, there's always adoration where you are praising God for who he is. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people, one of the old Bible translations says in a psalm, and that praise brings you close to the presence of God. If you're fearful, instead of focusing on how powerful the enemy is, focus on how powerful God is and tell him that. If you're, uh, you know, if you're doubtful, Turn your attention to God and let your faith be strengthened. Say, let your soul say, you know, I, I love you. You are, you are my all. You're the source of every good thing. You're the source of every good thing in me and around me. Every good thing I've ever had and am is yours. And you've given it to me out of, out of your, your gratuitous love. And your son died for me. I'll never cease to praise you. I will never, never cease to thank you. And thanksgiving, you know, is a part of that as well. Adoration and thanksgiving. And, and then our confession, that's, uh, you know, when we get to talking about the sacraments later, of course, sacramental confession, but even just in prayer to, to, to say to him, and, you know, you're so powerful and I'm so weak. So I need your power. I have to rely on you. And here, you know, I've fallen in these ways, so I rely on you. And, and then, you know, after all that, then supplication as well and intercession, not just praying for ourselves, but praying for others. And that's just kind of basic, you know, counsel about prayer. But in spiritual warfare, it becomes so important because the, the adoration, the praise, and, and also the thanksgiving, that's really where the strength comes into us. That's where our, our faith is renewed and made strong. It's where our, our, our doubts are dispelled. It brings us closer into the presence of God. And the more clearly we see him, the more clearly we see that he wins. <laughs> he mm-hmm. wins. 
and he's more powerful than all that other stuff out there. We'll return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. The Memorari Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Well, the weapon of worship is a huge one, whether it's mm. in, in the private worship that we offer or in the public worship. And in the private worship, of course, I'm speaking of those times when we're able to go. Probably I, some of the most profound times I have are in Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. The, I love it. There's a, it's in the book, an extended little dialogue that St. John Bosco used to tell the boys who were under his care. You know, he, was, he, he cared for orphan boys and boys with trouble, had trouble. He said, listen, there are two things the devil is deathly afraid of, fervent communions and frequent visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Do you want our Lord to grant you many graces? Visit him often. Do you want him to grant you only a few? Visit him only seldom. Do you want the devil to attack you? Rarely visit the Blessed Sacrament. Do you want the devil to flee from you? Visit Jesus often. 
You want to overcome the devil? Well, take refuge at Jesus' feet. Do you want to be, be overcome by the devil? Then give up visiting Jesus. Visiting the Blessed Sacrament is essential, my dear boys, if you want to overcome the devil. Therefore, make frequent visits to Jesus. If you do that, the devil will never prevail against you. Yeah, powerful. that's so powerful. Ah, and, mm. and there it is in any Catholic church or in, and in chapels throughout many of the cities, many locations for those who can hear us. And yet, how often is it, Paul, that you may walk into a, a Eucharistic chapel <laughs> or to a church and there's no one there? Yeah. And yet the battle is such a fierce one. And there is our commander right in our midst. And, and his, his presence is so powerful through his, his Eucharistic presence. I mean, there are several saints that we know that, that actually exercise demons from the possessed or banished evil spirits and apparitions through the consecrated host of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. There's several others who, saints who testified to the power of our Lord's Eucharistic presence in, in doing spiritual battle. Incredible. Another weapon that I think we, we really have lost sight of, and you mentioned it in a previous conversation that you and a friend can share together, and that's the weapon of fasting. It is, you know, and I come from a, a Pentecostal background, and, and I'm very grateful that that tradition has always had a very lively awareness of fasting and practicing it. And I once belonged to a church where we actually had a, a 40-day fast, if you could imagine, of, of solid foods. We drank liquids, and and if you were sick or pregnant or that kind of thing, you know, you, you didn't go along with it. But the, the rest of us did. And I, I don't necessarily recommend that, but I'm saying just giving that as an example of just what a lively awareness they had of how fasting, how powerful fasting is. That, um, you know, Isaiah tells us in the Bible that fasting would loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the thongs of the yoke and it would let the oppressed go free. And we see in the book of Daniel now, the prophet once prayed with fasting and sackcloth and ashes for three weeks to seek the deliverance of his people. And when an angel appeared, he told them, on the first day that you set your mind to understand and humbled yourself before your God through fasting, your words have been heard and have come because of your words. And what did Jesus do in the wilderness when he had to battle Satan? He fasted in the wilderness. And on at least one occasion when our Lord's disciples failed to cast out a demon from a possessed boy, and they wanted to know why they weren't able to. He told them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. So it's a, it's a spiritual weapon. It's, and if prayer is a spiritual weapon, fasting is kind of like a spiritual whetstone on which you sharpen your prayer. It's a, it's a spiritual muscle that when you exercise it regularly, it strengthens the thrust of that weapon to pierce the enemy and to drive him away. I know that there are those out there who will advocate and I'm not necessarily saying that they're wrong in, in bringing this up, but they may advocate that you should fast from maybe watching TV or maybe you should take the bus instead of driving or something like that. And that very well may be very, something that's very pleasing to the Lord, but there is something very scriptural about fasting from food. I mean, when you think of, the, of, of even taking the fruit from the tree that, mm. and taking a bite out of it, it involved food. I mean, there's something uh, about fasting from our own bodily sustenance that for some reason in the United States, we, with our unbelievable abundance of food, we struggle with. We do, and that makes it all the more important mm -hmm. <laughs> that, we, you know, that we practice it. It's um, you know, same kind of thing with silence. Silence you know, is, is so important in our prayer life, and, and, and 
in this day of technology where you can have the noise of the world and the distraction wherever you go, whether it's you know your iPhone or an iPod or whatever, it makes it all the more important then that we do actually fast, so to speak, from that. So it's especially true though of, of food because we we're so e- so used to having our our appetites immediately uh, satisfied and uh, and and usually more than satisfied. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, it's it's just it is so important and. You know, my own experience with fasting has been, especially when it's not just like, you know, a meal, which is a good thing. That's what I do on Wednesday mornings with my friend. But if you do it for several days, um, there are all kinds of consequences that you, you might not have anticipated. It it's, it can focus your attention when you're praying. Mm-hmm. Um, the growling of your stomach, if you allow it, it can be a little reminder every time it happens to pray. Um, it can make you more spiritually alert. I, mean, I don't know exactly how these things happen or how the denial of food in the stomach can do this, but it, it actually seems to have these, these uh, benefits, spiritual benefits, by God's grace. And, and so it's an important thing. A great weapon that was used by, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, chronicled by the Desert Fathers and was modeled off our own Jesus's experience in the desert the importance of the sacred scriptures. Oh, you know, so many times if we want to know about spiritual warfare, we go back to Jesus in the wilderness where he did that, that great battle with Satan. He prepared for his warfare through prayer and fasting. But when it came time for him to engage the enemy on the field of battle, what's the weapon that he chose then? It was sacred scripture, that powerful word of God. You know, the scripture tells us is sharper than a two-edged sword. And the interesting thing is that Satan himself tried to use the weapon. You know, there's several places where Satan quotes scripture <laughs> to Jesus, but he always fumbled with it. And our Lord would skillfully parry the assault, turning the blade back on him. It's such a, a wonderful thing to watch. So each time the devil attacked with a temptation to doubt or disobey God, Jesus quoted scripture to throw him back. And after those three failed attempts that we know about anyway that are recorded, then the enemy finally withdrew. And that's what's so brilliant about the Manual for Spiritual Warfare, because I found myself doing, just as you exhort us to do in Chapter 8, is to find these biblical, these key, wonderful weapons, as it were, in the scriptures that God provides for us, to meditate upon them, to memorize them, and then to thrust them back. When you, when you can identify the spirit that's assailing you, whether it's a spirit of anger or a spirit of jealousy, envy, you name it, they're out there. The temptations that we, we fall into and that they come at us. That we, we, Once you're in that relationship with God and you're in that prayer, it's easier to identify what those are. You can see it coming not only from someone or even sometimes within our own selves. <laughs> and, and again, you can... You can pray the scriptures so confidently because you know that they're God's own words. And um, sometimes, you know, we may wonder about our own prayers and we make our own feeble efforts and we and then we may think, gosh, I don't even know if I'm asking for the right thing. You know, maybe I'm maybe I don't even know what the right thing to ask for is or <clears throat> what if I say this or, you know, and we do our best with that. And it's good. We do pray spontaneously. But when we can pray with the words of scripture, we can be confident. Those are God's own words. Just like when we, you know, we pray the Lord's Prayer, which is in Scripture, of course, the Our Father. We can always be confident praying in that prayer because we get it, got it from Jesus himself. But so many as others, and in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms, but, but other beautiful things, St. Paul gives us so many remarkable 
scriptures about the warfare and what we can go, what we can can do, and what we can say. And um, I mean, and some of, some of the imagery is just just beautiful. Like in Isaiah forty two thirteen, the Lord goes forth like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his fury. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. Oh my goodness. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> it is. It's extraordinary. There's and even to the to the point where as you go in and you really begin to meditate on this, that I I'm I find more often than not I the words peace be still and know that I'm God mm. from the Psalms. Sometimes that's the harder thing is just be still. Let me fight this battle. Let him do <laughs> because, it. And because the very next words of that psalm are, you know, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted mm-hmm. among the nations. Mm-hmm. That's why you can be at peace. If he weren't the great Lord that we know is the, who makes us more than conquerors, we wouldn't be at peace. <laughs> we would be anxious. Now what's going to happen to me? Well, I win. We don't. But instead, that's why we can be at peace, because we know that he will be exalted among the nations. He is the conqueror, and if he's the conqueror, we can rest. Mm-hmm. Paula, I'd, again, I, I want to thank you so much for the work that you did on that particular chapter, just chronicling all those. I found myself going in and highlighting them in my own Bible, besides of what I already have in the, in the wonderful Manual for Spiritual Warfare. Well, I can't tell you how wonderful it was for me. I mean, most of them I was familiar with, you know, of the Scripture since childhood and, and tried to memorize and learn a lot. But going through it again with that eye, okay, what are the words in this book, this, this wonderful book of Scripture, that are so powerful for spiritual warfare and to resist temptation and other things? And then starting with the book of Genesis and to work my way through, I can't tell you what that did for my faith and to strengthen me. So it, um, <laughs> it's just great stuff. It's great stuff. I, it made me you know, approach the scripture in a whole new way. You've been listening to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or download the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen.